1: Hello, and thanks for joining us here for episode 598 with Chester Santos. Have you ever embarrassed yourself because you couldn't quite remember someone's name, even though you've met them multiple times, or some key bits of information that you probably should have on hand? Well, our guest Chester Santos is a memory grandmaster, And he's going to help us master our memories. You'll learn one, why good memory still matters in the digital age. Two, the three principles to remembering anything. And three, how to remember anyone's name in just four steps. So if you want to check out the show notes or the transcript or the links to items we've referenced, drop on by awesomeatyourjob.com slash EP598. And if you'd like some reinforcement of your memory, oh, see what I did there uh, associated with this episode and every episode that's gone before it, check out the Gold Nugget email summaries. So if you sign up for that at awesomeatyourjob.com, you get an email when each episode goes out. It's about a three-minute read, which highlights the the key messages and takeaways and tidbits uh, from the most recent guest, as well as access to the whole vault of all of these summaries from nearly six hundred guests. That's called The Gold Nuggets, which you can find at awesomeatyourjob.com. Now, here's Chester's story. U.S. Memory Champion Chester Santos, the international man of memory, is the world's leading memory skills expert and founder of MemorySchool.net. His memory-building tips have been featured on CNN, ABC, PBS, NBC, CBS, BBC, and the Science Channel. He has been quoted in the New York Times, Wall Street Journal, San Francisco Chronicle, Washington Post, and Time Magazine. And he has presented in over 30 countries with speaking credits that include TEDx, talks at Google, and the International Festival of Brilliant Minds. Big thanks to Chester for sharing his wisdom with us and big thanks to our sponsors. Check them out. One sponsor to check out is LinkedIn Jobs. Did you know that you can post a job for free Here is Chester. Chester, thanks so much for joining us here on the How to Be Awesome at Your Job podcast.
2: Thank you so much for having me, Pete. I'm really looking forward to talking with you today.
1: I'm looking forward to talking to you too. And and I've been so curious to ask you, first of all, you're sporting one fedora right now. I understand you have a collection of 25. How did this come to be?
2: (laughs) (laughs) It's kind of interesting. I just, at one point went through a rebranding as the International Man of Memory because I give speeches all over the world. And part of that involved hiring a stylist to come up with a look for the International Man of Memory. And the stylist came up with this fedora hat idea to incorporate into the outfits. And I just started to really love it. And I've been collecting hats for six-plus years at this point, (laughs)
1: Well, it looks great. It matches your vest. Listeners can't tell, but I'll let them know you look great. Thank you. Um, <laughs> and I have one fedora, and you know what? It was a lot of fun. It drew attention to me, which I sometimes I liked and sometimes I didn't like. So <laughs> I just took it off if I didn't want it, you know? So International Man of Memory, uh, that is a good branding. Not mystery, but memory. So maybe, can you orient us first of all, what is a memory grandmaster, Like, maybe people have heard of a chess grandmaster, but what are these competitions like? How is this life?
2: Sure, I'll get into that. So what I won was the United States National Memory Championship. It's an annual competition which has been held in various locations each year. Most recently, it's now held at MIT, the university, the finals. Seems fitting. Yeah, the finals is held at MIT. It's one day of just really hardcore memorization. So some of the events, uh, one is memorizing a deck of cards, a shuffled deck of 52 playing cards in the fastest time possible with 100% accuracy. I used to be able to do it back when I was competing in a little under 90 seconds, a minute and a half. Uh, nowadays, some people can do it in even less than 30 seconds. I memorized a uh, 132-digit sequence of computer-generated random digits forwards and backwards in five minutes. Uh, we memorize hundreds of names and faces in just minutes. So, those are some of the events in the United States. Memory Championship. I won it way back in 2008. And since then, I've gone into training other people around the world in the subset of techniques that I use to win the U.S. Memory Championship that I feel can also benefit people right away in their career, their personal life, and also that can really help out their kids or grandkids that they might have in school.
1: Now, you, you can stop me if it's too personal, but I'm always fascinated by like, you know competitions where people are like the best in the world, like bodybuilding, Mr. Olympia, or if it's tennis or, or, or football or basketball. So if I may, just sort of, is there an associated prize purse or, or what is the size of the prize for the, the top memory grandmaster?
2: Yeah, good question. So it varies depending on who they have as the sponsors for that particular year. When I won, unfortunately, there wasn't a cash prize. Oh. British Airways was the sponsor, so I got business class tickets to represent the United States and the World Memory Championship. And even when there is a cash prize, it hasn't ever uh, been very high. But what you get more is in terms of you know, after I won, I was on CNN. Over the years, I've been asked to appear on a lot of different TV shows. I get interviewed by newspapers, magazines, and things like that. So it helps in what I'm doing now as far as it helps me to build my brands, build my name recognition in terms of a memory skills expert. So it helps out there, but in terms of a, a cash prize, not so much up front anyway. <laughs>
1: <laughs> on the back end. so well, and, and, and now you're here with us on How to Be Awesome at Your Job. So we're, we're delighted. And, and, and we're going to dig into some of these techniques, which, which I'm excited about. I understand we're going to do some demos as well, which is always fun. But maybe first, if you could sort of contextualize for us, could you paint a picture for why in this age of Google and computers and smartphones and all this info available kind of outside of our brains, uh, why is it beneficial for professionals to have a great memory.
2: Yes. So, you know, you hit on something important. We are in an age of, I sometimes call it dangerous digital dependency, but definitely digital dependency in which we are outsourcing not only our memory, but other mental functions to electronic devices. In terms of memory specifically, I'll give a couple of quick examples. Phone numbers. We all used to be able to remember the phone numbers of so many friends and family members. Easily dial those. I remember growing up, my parents would give me some emergency numbers that they thought were important for me to know. We all used to be able to do that. But nowadays, you give someone even one phone number, and they feel paralyzed. They don't even think that they can remember. Uh, let me. Uh. Yeah. Exactly. And it's getting so bad that some people out there can't even remember their own phone number. So it's a really good example.
1: Or their wife or husband or mom. Like, if something happened and your phone got stolen, you could be in a a tight spot.
2: (laughs) Exactly. So it's a really good example of the use it or lose it principle as it applies to memory. Another quick example, navigation. So you might have an Uber or Lyft driver that's been driving in a city for five plus years, but if something is wrong with the network connection in that particular area, or something's wrong with the app at that time, it's happened to me many times over the years, you'll just need to pull over, they'll restart their phone maybe 10 times until whatever issue is happening will resolve itself they a lot of times haven't even learned a few basic locations or common landmarks in the city. It's just a very good example of what happens when you completely turn off your brain and you become 100% dependent on technology. So that's a little bit of the negatives and I think that illustrates a little bit of what I mean by digital dependency, but what this creates on the job and in the business world is actually a business opportunity If you will work on developing your memory skills even to a small degree, there really is an opportunity now to set yourself apart from others, become much more impressive and much more memorable to people in business when you do have a really good memory. It's very noticeable and impressive to people nowadays.
1: You know I think that's true and I was funny I was just chatting with my buddy about a, a previous podcast guest a Pat Flynn from Smart Passive Income who's just an authentic genuine friendly guy everyone just loves you know he walked the talk and one thing that's impressed me is you know I have bumped into him in person I don't know four times at, at different events I don't expect him to remember me because he's he's a celebrity in his niche but he does and and I, I always sort of like, oh, hey, Pat, I'm Pete. You know, I can't, I was at your event, you know, six years ago, blah, blah, blah. He's like, oh, yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. And so so that just makes me like, respect, appreciate him all the more. And I think I've seen the converse in terms of friends talking about other friends. And they say, you know, I don't really like him. I was like, why? It's like, well, I've had to introduce myself to him four times. and So they, they feel kind of insulted in terms of you, you don't remember my face, my name, who I am at all. And this is kind of ridiculous at this point.
2: Yes, absolutely. So remembering names is huge in the business world. I like to quote a lot of times how to win friends and influence people to this day. It's still one of the most popular business and personal success related books ever written. And in that book, it was written that the sweetest sound to a person in any language is the sound of their own name and also that everyone's favorite subject is themselves. So in fact, by remembering people's names, other things about them, it helps you to build better business, personal relationships. When you think about the most popular people on the job and in various organizations that you might be involved with, when you think about those people, you're gonna notice that they tend to know everyone and also their names, right? And other things about them. Remembering people's names and things about them really increases your likability factor in business. And that is going to be a factor in advancement of your career. Unfortunately, in the business world, it isn't always 100% based on the numbers and on only the job performance. It would be nice if that's how it actually worked. But in fact, your likability in the department is a factor. I won't say where I used to work, but I uh, had a career in Silicon Valley and, and I had seen this happen on the job. It's not always necessarily the most brilliant engineer that gets the promotion. Maybe that brilliant engineer, for whatever reason, didn't get along. As well in the department with someone else that just had that likability factor, they might get the promotion. So it is something to keep in mind as far as how things actually work in the real world. And definitely, if you know everybody, you know their name, you know things about them, you're going to be more popular, more likable. Politicians are some of my clients, have been my clients over the years. They're very clear on how this helps to make you more popular and more likable.
1: Well, I'm excited to dig into a lot of the specific tactics, and I think names is going to be big. If we can get it, I'd love to hear how should we think about memorizing parts of a presentation or maybe remembering more of what we read and and just, hey, whatever else we could have time to cover. Uh, But maybe could you start by sharing sort of what's the most, I don't know, surprising, fascinating, counterintuitive thing that we should just know about our memories before we dig into the tactics?
2: Yeah, so I'm really looking forward to getting into some specific first general strategies and then techniques with you today, Pete. surprising thing about memory that I think people don't realize is it isn't the case that you're just born with a good memory or a bad memory. That's a very common belief. People think that they, they have a bad memory, that they're just stuck with that. There's nothing that they can do about it. Really, anyone is capable of developing a very powerful memory it's just about learning the right techniques and putting in a little bit of fun training and practice
1: okay well i i'm i'm intrigued i'm game so yeah let's well you have some demos in mind let's let's do one and if it happens to be in the realm of remembering what we read or names and faces or presentations i'd love to uh, steer there if possible
2: okay awesome so First, what I'd like to cover, Pete, are three main principles to a powerful memory that will apply no matter what specific memory technique you end up using. And then we'll start to get into a specific technique and a couple of demos. So the three main principles are, one, visualization. So turn whatever it is that you're trying to remember somehow into something that you can picture or see in your mind. So in the case of names, if the name was Mike, sometimes I visualize a microphone, all right, to remind me of the name Mike. I'm seeing one of those right now. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. If the name were, for instance, Alice, sometimes I visualize a white rabbit because that reminds me of Alice in Wonderland, all right? Now, I realize that sounds maybe a bit silly or unusual, But in fact, this can be very powerful and effective. I'd like to get into names in much more detail toward the end after we cover some basics. But what I just wanted to introduce there was this concept of creating a picture in your mind to represent the information.
1: And to that point about the picture, so Alice and that rabbit, so that's kind of personal to you and it's probably better, I imagine, because it's more meaningful. I would speculate. Is there any risk? Like, I guess nobody's really named rabbit that I've ever met, but do you ever cut of get your wires crossed or is that pretty safe? Hey, Alice is rabbit and rabbit's Alice and we're all good.
2: Knock on wood. I haven't had any issues yet. Even at a conference that might have a cocktail hour at the end or something like that. I haven't slipped up. That really isn't anything to worry about, really. These visuals really are just going to help you to better remember the names, the reason why you want to come up with a visual is because we all tend to be very good at remembering things that we see. I'll give a quick example here. Let's say you go to a party, Pete, and you're meeting a lot of new people, all right? Two weeks after that party is over, you're talking with one of your friends that was there with you, and your friend describes someone to you from the party. Your friend says, hey, Pete, you remember that attorney that we met at the party a couple weeks ago. He's also a member of the tennis club. As your friend is going through that description, a lot of times you can picture who they are describing. And of course, your friend can picture who they're describing. But a lot of times, neither one of you can manage to remember what the person's name was, right?
1: Or even like the setting, like, oh, yeah, we were in the hallway near the door, but we don't know their name.
2: Yeah, really good clarification. It's true. Sometimes you get even more details, like where they were standing in the party, you know, what they were wearing, but that name, you can't get it. And that is because you didn't see the name. The name is something much more abstract to your brain. And it is very common for people to be good at remembering faces, but not names. And it makes sense because when you are interacting with people in various ways, you do see the face, right? The face is recorded into your visual memory, but not the name. So that's why one thing you can do is come up with a visual representation of the name. But the principle in general is to come up with something that you can picture in your mind to represent the information. Now, the second principle that will apply, no matter what information type, is After you come up with a visual, try to involve as many additional senses as you can. Because when you do this, you will be activating more and more areas of your brain and be building more and more connections in your mind to the information, making it easier to retrieve it later on. So I was at one point on an episode of PBS's Nova Science I performed what at first seemed like some pretty crazy memory feats. They had me train David Pogue on the show as well. And then after that, they had these brain scientists, neuroscientists, come on and explain to everyone at home, watching at home, okay, how in the world did Chester do that? How in the world did David Pogue pull that off with just a little bit of training? And these brain scientists confirmed that it's because with these memory techniques that I've mastered Over the years, and that we're going to learn a little bit about during the interview today, what's happening is we are recruiting extra areas of the brain. So areas of the brain that most people would never involve when trying to commit things to memory. With these techniques, we are activating more of the brain to help us. And part of this is learning to utilize additional senses. So the more senses you involve, the easier it becomes to remember.
1: Yeah so I ever I'm thinking about with the Alice and the Rabbit I mean maybe you have the the scent of the rabbit as opposed to just oh there's a white rabbit
2: you got it you are exactly right so step 1 is to come up or maybe it's like you could feel the nibbles of the rabbit's teeth on your <laughs> on your finger You got it. So first the visual, then involve additional senses exactly as you just described, and then you are activating more of the brain. You're more powerfully encoding that into your memory. Third and final principle, while you are seeing and experiencing this with additional senses, try to make the whole scenario crazy, unusual, extraordinary in some way so that you can take advantage of the psychological aspect to human memory. And that is all of us With putting forth little to no effort at all, we tend to remember things that catch us by surprise, that are strange, unusual, extraordinary in some way. Pete, if this actually happened at this moment, if an elephant suddenly crashed into the room that you're in and people that are listening to the interview, if an elephant suddenly crashed into the room that they're in and started spraying water all over the place, if that actually happened right now, you would probably remember it for the rest of your life. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and always tell that story. You're never going to believe this, okay? I was interviewing this memory guy. Out of nowhere, an elephant just crashed into the room. That might be stuck in your mind even 30 plus years later without you putting forth any effort at all to remember it. Whereas other times, we might spend weeks, months trying to get really important information into our long-term memory we find it to be very difficult right although this isn't fully understood exactly how this works in the brain we do realize that there is this psychological aspect to human memory realizing it we can harness that and apply it to things that would be useful to remember names and faces presentations foreign languages training material and so on there are really practical applications for this memory is a fundamental part of learning and the acquisition of knowledge. So when you improve your ability to remember, it's going to have a really huge positive impact on many different areas of your career and also in your personal life in terms of your lifelong learning.
1: Awesome. So, okay, so it's visualizable. We bring in the senses and if you make it somehow extraordinary, unique, kind of wild or larger than life, those are the principles at work
2: you've got it down. So those are the three main principles. They will apply no matter what specific memory technique you end up using. I like to now go into an interactive exercise that you'll go through. Pete, I'm sorry to put you on the spot here, Oh, no, it's good. Well,
1: if I look dumb, we edit it out. That's how I roll. <laughs>
2: <laughs> just do your best. And I think people listening to the interview today will enjoy just giving this a try and, and see how they do with it. So we're going to apply those three main principles to try to memorize a really long random list of words. The list will be monkey, iron, rope. I guess I shouldn't write this down, right? No, don't write this down. And people following along with the interview, please don't write this down. Don't use any electronic device. You'll use nothing but your brain and your memory. I know people aren't used to doing this nowadays, but we'll just give it our best shot. So the word list is going to be: monkey, iron, rope, kite, house, paper, shoe, worm, envelope, pencil, river, rock, tree, cheese, and dollar. Now that's long. <laughs> Yeah, it's a really long list of random words, and when I recite that at my live presentations around the world, people in the audience often look at me as if, come on, Chester, there's no way I'm going to be able to remember that, not unless you give me a lot of time to do it, but in fact, Pete, you'll have this down, your listeners will have this down perfectly forwards and backwards in just about three minutes, that's all, three minutes, and without any further review after today, even weeks from now, people will still know this forwards and backwards. I get people even writing me emails months later telling me they're wanting to demonstrate to me that they still remember this. How you'll pull it off, just listen to what I described to you, see and experience it in your mind as best you can, and just really relax, have fun with it. So if people ever, went to my website. I guess they'll find it in the show notes. Later, they'll see me on CNN. On CNN, I had to memorize a half deck of cards during the commercial break. I only had about two minutes to do it. And then when they came back live on the air, I had to do that perfectly from memory. There's a lot of pressure on me. If people look at that clip, they're going to notice that I'm smiling. I'm giggling. I think they maybe thought I was a little bit crazy or nutty when I was on the show. But really, that's an important key to this. If everyone is smiling and giggling as they're going through this exercise. It's a really good sign that they're going to remember the word. So just relax, have fun, you'll have it down. The first word was monkey. So just imagine that you see a monkey in your mind. The monkey is dancing around making monkey noises. <laughs> Whatever monkey would sound like. I'm working on my monkey impression, but the point here is to see and hear the monkey, all right? The monkey now picks up a gigantic iron. So the monkey is dancing around with this giant iron now. Picture that.
1: Oh like for steaming clothes.
2: You got it. Yeah. Something like that. Okay. Picture that iron like for your clothes. The iron now starts to fall, but a rope attaches itself to the iron. Maybe even feel the rope really interact with it. Alright, maybe it feels rough. You look up the rope and you see that the other end of the rope is attached to a kite. Maybe it's flying around. It's just out of your reach, that kite. The kite you see now crashes into the side of a house. Really see it smash into the house. Picture that. The house is completely covered in paper. It's completely covered in paper. Out of nowhere, a shoe appears and it starts to walk all over the paper. Maybe it's messing it up as it's walking on it, that shoe. It smells pretty badly, so you decide to investigate and see why. You look inside of the shoe and you find a little worm crawling around inside of that shoe. Really see the smelly worm. The worm now jumps out of the shoe and into an envelope. Maybe it's going to mail itself or something, I don't know. But envelope, where envelope was next, a pencil appears out of thin air and it starts to write all over that envelope. Maybe it's addressing it, that pencil. The pencil now jumps into a river, and there's a huge splash. For some reason, when it hits the river, the river, you notice, is crashing up against a giant rock. That rock flies out of the river. It crashes into a tree. The tree is growing cheese. You probably haven't seen a tree like that before. This one is growing cheese. And out of nowhere, a dollar starts to shoot out of... The cheese, all right. Really see that dollar. That was the entire list. I'm going to run through this again very quickly in about 30 seconds. And your job is to simply replay through this story that you've created in your mind. So we started off with a monkey. The monkey was dancing around with what? It was an iron. What attached itself? It was a rope. The other end of the rope was attached to what? It was a kite. The kite crashed into what? It was a house. What was the house covered in? It was paper. Paper. What walked on it? It was a shoe. What was crawling in the shoe? It was a worm. The worm jumped into what? An envelope. What wrote on it? A pencil. The pencil jumped into the river. The river was crashing up against the rock. That flew into a tree it was growing it was growing what cheese and what came out it was a dollar so now pete i'll have you give it a try take your time and people that are listening can follow along and see how well they do try to recite all of those random words for us
1: okay we've got monkey iron rope kite house paper shoe Worm. Oh no 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 no. The shoe. Yeah yeah yeah. Shoe. Worm. Envelope. Pencil. River. Rock. Tree. Dollar. Tree. After tree. Oh tree cheese dollar. Yeah.
2: You got it, man. Great job there. Excellent job there, Pete. You did so well. You did so well, in fact, though, that I'm gonna have you attempt to do that now backwards take your time take your time and people can also see how they do
1: so we've got the dollar cheese tree the rock you got it river pencil envelope worm shoe paper house kite
2: rope iron monkey Perfect. 100%, man. Great job. Really nice. Nice work there. I'm sweating a little bit, Chester. (laughs) I put you under a bit of pressure there, but great job under pressure. You got 100%, and I'm sure that people listening to the interview today probably got, if not 100%, close to it. That technique that we've just covered is called the story method, and the story method is just one of many techniques that memory champions like myself use to pull off what at first might seem like extraordinary memory feats. But again, there's nothing different about my brain compared to everyone else's. It's just about using the right technique and putting in a little bit of training and practice. This doesn't just apply to random words. It can apply to even very much more complex types of information. And, you know, later on in the interview I had in mind, we'd take it a step further. If, if you have any other questions, just let me know before we move on to maybe a little bit, I guess a level two in terms of memory skills exercise.
1: Oh, oh sure, that, that was fun. And I've heard, this probably isn't a place for this, that with numbers, it's kind of a matter of, each one is assigned a letter, which can thus become words, which can thus become memorizable. And I, it's funny, I use this, I, was, I don't know, it might've been my honeymoon or maybe it was earlier with my wife in terms of, she's like, tell me my, my phone number. And it's like, okay. And so I like really took my time to break it down using that. And, and, and sometimes to this day, I'm still summoning the um, ridiculous picture story phrase that gets those numbers there, uh, but it works. So yeah. Okay. Let's do another one. And if, and if it happens to help us with reading or presentations or names, I would love it.
2: Okay, cool. Yeah. So you hit on numbers there. And again, no matter the information type, the three main principles will remain the same that we covered earlier. Visualization, additional senses, make it all crazy, unusual, extraordinary, but for something more abstract, like numbers, There's a system you need to learn. It only takes about one hour to learn it. That's it. That allows you to take something abstract, like numbers, and turn it into a concrete image. Once you have an image for the abstract piece of information, you could then build a story. And there are many other techniques that you could use from there. That system has been known by many different names. One is phonetic alphabet system. Another is major system. That's covered, because it's going to take a, a minimum of an hour to learn that by itself, it's covered in my online memory school. And I, I think you'll have the link in the show notes, but it's memoryschool.net. So again, the techniques don't apply to just random words. We're going to move on to level two in terms of difficulty. We're going to learn now how to create mental note cards or mental cue cards. This is a concept that I covered In my talks over at Harvard University, I gave seminars for their graduate students. I also covered this in my talk for SAG-AFTRA, the Actors Foundation, to help actors remember their lines. We're going to build mental cue cards here. I want for you to just visualize what I described to you. That's all. See and experience it happening as we did earlier. And then I will explain what we ended up actually what we built mental note cards for. So, Pete, just try to visualize some giant machines as best you can, some gigantic machines. These gigantic machines are smashing up a huge pile of gold and silver. A huge pile of gold and silver. Rising up out of the gold and silver vehicles. Okay? Whatever that looks like to you. Shooting out of the vehicles medicine and exploding out of the medicine Oil, black petroleum oil would be easiest to visualize. Okay, that's it. I'm going to run through that again, just replay through this little story. So we had the giant machines, we're smashing up the gold and silver, what rose up, vehicles, what shot out of the windows, medicine, and what exploded out of the medicine, it was oil. So first go ahead and try to give those main items back to me from memory.
1: Okay, sure thing. So we started with giant machines that were smashing gold and silver uh, from which emerged vehicles that had medicine spilling out and then in the medicine was uh, oil.
2: Perfect. So you got that 100% correct. What you've done there, Pete, without realizing it, or maybe you did realize it, I'm not sure, I actually had you there just memorize the top five exports of the UK. So if you were to look that up right now and see what the top five exports of the UK are, you'll see listed machinery, okay, precious metals, vehicles, pharmaceuticals, and oil. So you start to see how the image doesn't need to perfectly match what you're trying to remember. You're simply building a mental note card. So can you try to give me now the exports using that little story to guide you.
1: Oh, sure thing. So it's um, machinery, precious metals, vehicles, pharmaceuticals, and oil.
2: You got it. Perfect. So, Pete, it might not seem like much at first, but again, in today's world where no one is using their memory very much, when you get into a meeting With Maybe it's clients for your company or potential clients, or it's a meeting with colleagues or your boss. When you get in there and you've prepared for that meeting, you have 5, 10, 15 key things committed to memory. What this does is really better demonstrate your knowledge. All right. You're showing that you actually know something, that you actually know your stuff. You're better demonstrating your expertise. You're going to be perceived as more of an expert in your field. People are more impressed with you. People have more confidence in you and your abilities. And also, when you have a really good memory, again, you become so much more memorable to people in the business world on the job. Well, I,
1: I love that. So well, I, I'm eager to get into the names here now. And and so I went ahead and grabbed the Social Security Administration's top names over the last hundred years. So we talked about it being visualizable. And with Alice, you, you saw Rabbit, because that was resonated for you with the story. Um, I'm seeing the top names here. We got James, Mary, John, Patricia. How would I uh, turn some of those into things I can see?
2: Well... So my example for, I rather actually have people come up with their own image. But my example for John, you you can watch that CNN clip. I gave Let me a toilet. Yeah, somehow I didn't get in trouble for that. The host of one of the hosts of that show was named John, and luckily he wasn't too upset with me. But I might imagine, you know, a toilet bowl, as in going to the John, right? Mary, I might imagine a little lamb because Mary had a little lamb.
1: Oh sure. Or the Madonna, you know, religious persuasion.
2: James, I might imagine a famous James. It could be a a character from a TV show or movie. It could be simply a friend or family member.
1: Or Darth Vader.
2: It could be that you visualize even just your uncle, James, Patricia. I might think of Patricia Arquette. So I want to clarify this point a little bit. So I said come up with a visual. Now, how you come up with that visual can vary. So it can be a famous person that has the same name, a friend or family member that you're seeing in your mind that has the same name, or it could be something like a sound alike. So for the name Jane, I might picture a chain. Okay. Okay. I gave you something more symbolic like a white rabbit for Alice. So there are various ways as to how the image can remind you of that name. But the best way to describe the concept in general is to come up with an image or series of images that one some way anyway, remind you personally of the name. All right. And there actually is another step to this. The next step is to connect that image to something unique about the person's look. So if to you, Jane has really cool looking hair, you might imagine that chains are going through her hair, clacking together, making a really loud noise. So how this works in practice is the next time you see her, all you have to do is ask yourself, okay, what is noticeable to me about her look? What you noticed personally. What was noticeable to you before is very likely what will be noticeable to you again. And then the image that you stored there will come right back to you. So in this case, the chains might remind you of, again, chain might remind you of Jane. So that is kind of an overview for how it works. It sounds weird again, I realize, but anyone can become really good at this with a little bit of training and practice. And that's how I open presentations around the world with naming even hundreds of people in the audience after hearing each name just one time before the presentation starts.
1: Well, 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 I think you you said something there kind of quickly, but it's important. You hear the name, (laughs) like you make sure that you you get it in the first place, and don't be shy to ask them to repeat themselves if you need to, like you didn't hear Jane said Jane, you're dead in the water.
2: Absolutely, absolutely, Pete. So let me give you four quick steps that'll help you with that, because that that's absolutely you know necessary for this. So I recommend that you combine that visual-based technique with the following four steps when you're meeting someone. Step number one, immediately repeat the name. So if you're introduced to someone named Jane, nice to meet you, Jane, or pleased to meet you, Jane, that's it. It seems totally obvious, but as you mentioned, a lot of times we're not paying that much attention to the name. Our mind might be all over the place. We're thinking about all sorts of other things. No,
1: I (laughs) said—or you might have gotten it wrong. Like, no, I said Tane. Your name is Tane? Oh, okay. (laughs) I'm glad I clarified with you.
2: Yeah, so repeating the name— really gives you that opportunity to clarify the name, as you mentioned, and it also makes sure that you pay attention for at least one second. That's the only way you could attempt to repeat the person's name back to them, right? So that first step, if you start doing that today, eventually it's going to become a habit and second nature to you. Step number two, I recommend that you use the name Early on in your interaction with the person. So simply, Jane, how do you know Chester? Or Jane, how long have you been involved with this organization? And I want to clarify I don't mean use the name over and over again in the conversation to where it starts to seem a little weird. Really, just using it once early on in the interaction will be enough to reinforce the name in your mind. Step number three, take a few seconds or less to think of a connection between the name and literally anything at all that you already know. So Jane, I don't know, maybe you think of Jane Goodall. And again, as I mentioned, it could be like a character from a TV show or movie. Could be something as simple as you have a friend or family member with that name. Maybe you have an Aunt Jane. And when you're going through that step, that might also help you come up with your visual, right? Fourth and final step is to make sure whenever you leave the meeting, the party, whatever type of function it might be, the conference maybe, make it a point to try and say goodbye to people actually using their name. I hope to see you again sometime, Jane. Using the name that last time is going to go a long way toward helping you remember more of those names the next time you see those people. And if at that point you've already forgotten the name, I highly recommend that you ask them their name again right then and there. Because at that point, they're less likely, I think, to be offended. At that point, I think they're more likely to appreciate the fact that you care enough to remember their name for the next time you see them. You're expressing interest in that person and they're really going to appreciate that fact. So those four steps combined with the visuals that I talked about earlier, I think are really going to help you out. You might not be 100%, even I'm not 100%, but if you can remember 80 plus percent of the people that you're meeting, this is going to pay huge dividends for you in your career and in your personal life. And in my online school, I actually simulate introducing you to people so that you really develop that skill.
1: Oh, that's cool. Well, Chester, tell me anything else you want to make sure to mention before we shift gears and hear about a few of your favorite things.
2: I think I've covered really everything that I had in mind in terms of the main concepts that are always going to be involved when you want to develop a powerful memory, no matter what specific technique We got into a couple of interactive exercises that I think people will enjoy playing around with. And we got into some specific tips on names. Those are some of the most important things that I really wanted to cover that I think people will be able to put to use right away on the job and in their personal lives in terms of lifelong learning. And you can also share what you learned from this interview with your kids or grandkids that might be in school as well.
1: All right. Well, now can you share with us a favorite quote, something you find inspiring?
2: you don't have to be great to get started, but you have to get started to be great. I like that. I like that quote a lot. And that applies to my area because some people, you know, they're scared off because maybe they're not, they don't currently believe that they have a very good memory, but really all you have to do is get started in learning these types of techniques. And before you know it, you will have a very powerful memory, but you do just have to get started.
1: And how about a favorite
2: book? How to Win Friends and Influence People that I often quote in my presentations. There's a lot in that book, not just about names and how important memory is in the business world, but really just a lot of business and personal success related tips in general. So that's one of my favorite books. And I do recommend that people check that one out if they haven't already. How to Win Friends and Influence People.
1: And is there a particular nugget you share that you're known for it? At- It resonates and folks quote it back to you a lot.
2: I think what I'd like people most to note about my message in general is that anyone is capable of developing a powerful memory with just the right techniques, a little bit of training and practice. This can be fun to do and it's going to benefit you in so many ways because again, memory is a fundamental part to learning and the acquisition of knowledge. So I guess that's the main nugget that I want people to keep in mind.
1: All right. And if folks want to learn more or get in touch, where would you point them?
2: Yeah. If people are interested into diving into memory skills training deeper and really put this to use in their career, personal life, help their kids in school, memoryschool.net is my main training website. I would visualize a giant net. So you remember that it's .net. And I set up coupon code awesome in honor of being on your podcast. Oh, thank you. So the first 50 people to use coupon code awesome at memoryschool.net will be able to get started with no enrollment fee whatsoever. So I hope people will be encouraged to check that out.
1: It's, it's going to be a, uh, a mad dash <laughs> to, to put that in there. And do you have a final challenge or call to action for folks looking to be awesome at their jobs?
2: I want to encourage people to just... Take action if this is something that, and not not only my area, you know, not, not just memory skills, but really anything that they're hearing about on your podcast, any particular topic that they find very interesting, I really encourage people to take action on it as soon as possible because once you do take that action, whether it's signing up for the memory score, whatever it might be, once you take the action, you are 10 times more likely to actually develop that skill. Whereas if you don't take action right away, it could be that I'm on your show again in a year or two and people will not have developed the new skills. Again, you really just, as I mentioned in my quote, you really just have to get started in order to eventually become great.
1: Chester, this has been a lot of fun. I wish you lots of luck at your memory adventures.
2: Thank you so much again, Pete, for having me.
1: Okay, so it's been several days since I did the memory challenge with Chester and we conducted the interview. And I promise I have not looked (laughs) at that part of the transcript just to see if I could still capture that list. And I believe we had monkey, iron, rope, kite, house, shoe, paper, Worm. Oh, I'm thinking I'm missing some. Okay, now I'm looking back at the transcript. And yeah, I mix it up. It was It's house paper shoe instead of house shoe paper. And then that kind of messed up my flow in terms of, of those pictures because the wormed envelope, and once I got the envelope, yeah, the Pencil River Rock Tree Cheese and Dollar are coming back. So that, that's interesting how if I miss a link, you kind of miss what goes after it. But I mean, hey, I mean, that's not too bad for completely new list with zero review multiple days later and me not really being (laughs) that experienced in using this technique. You know, I'm feeling okay about that. And I think that it's encouraging that, what I found challenging during the live demos was that, boy, it took a lot of concentration. And I guess that's the whole point, right? I really focused my brain on that thing. And by using these techniques, it kind of forces you to, and in so doing, you make those connections. And hey, lesson learned there, you know, one linkage, uh, a can mess up the whole chain that, that follows. I'm sure with some more reps, uh, things will go all the better. So I just encourage you, if there's some things you think you could benefit from knowing and remembering all the faster, and I think names is huge in terms of that positive impression, that likability that spreads, then yeah, use some of these good Chester techniques. I hope that you had some fun with this one. Again, the show notes, the transcripts, the links to items we've referenced are at your slash If you haven't already, I recommend you push subscribe and catch our next guest, Judd Brewer. He's got some pro tips on anxiety and habit-breaking, habit-making. Hope to catch you there. Peace. Thanks for
0: listening. To get the most out of the show, we recommend two key things. First, check out the extra resources at awesomeatyourjob.com If you'd like some extra help figuring out podcasts and how subscriptions work, visit awesomeatyourjob.com slash subscribe for guidance. Hope to catch you on the next episode of How to Be Awesome at Your Job.
2: Let's jump into Peppa's world of play. Look for spring flowers, hunt for muddy puddles,
1: and bravely explore exciting places with Peppa play sets, Peppa Pig,